Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I believe the year was 1996. A prophet, Jim LaFoon, came to the island of Maui for what we then called our prophetic conference and uh, preached a message on this water tower. He had a vision flying into Maui and it was a vision of a water tower. I'm gonna share that with you for a moment. It was one of those water towers that just dominates the landscape like you would see across America. We don't, well, I mean, we have the water tower over there that got stripped of all of, all of its fur. But you know, kind of a traditional one that's up, and how many of you ever seen those? And across that water tower, it said King's Cathedral and Chapels across the front. And in the next moment, it, ha- it was covered with like porcupine quills, but it wasn't porcupine quills, it was spigots. And there was water coming out of the spigots, there was water in the land, and in fact, the water actually went to the far places of the world. And as he got closer in this vision, he saw that there was a problem. Some of the spigots weren't turned on. Some of the spigots had just a little bit of a flow coming out of them. Some of them were, there was a cross threading and, and leaking and there was problems with the spigots going all the way around. And the idea of the amount of water in this water tower compared to the amount of spigots was completely disproportionate. In other words, there needed to be thousands of more spigots, but there weren't. And he preached a message that has been forever emblazoned on my heart and for all those who were there on that day. It was such an impact in our church that Dr. Morocco made tapes and sent it to every single home in the state of Hawaii. Now, you remember what tapes are? So those of you that are not old enough to understand what a cassette tape is, they look like this, actually. Uh, This is a cassette tape. All right, looks like this. This is, you say, what are you doing with that nasty thing in your drawer? This is a message that I, the first message I ever preached in Alaska many, many moons ago, and I found it in the dirt, which is not very honoring, but I found it in the dirt outside the barn during the building project, the very first message I ever preached here, right here. Back to the vision. He preached a message, and I, I think if I remember correctly, fitting, flowing, and flooding. God pouring out his spirit through King's Cathedral and chapels. And it was, a, it was a word. And in that word, he talked about how God wants to do something in America. He talked about how God wants to do something, but God does things through people. I said he uses people. And he, he talked about that. And he talked about how some people, they're a part of the church, but their spigot's not open. They're not serving. Oh, snap, go over here. They're not serving. They're, the, the spigot's not on. The lights are on, but nobody's home. You ever heard that expression? They're tapped in, they're a part of it, but they're not flowing. They're not fulfilling their divine purpose and destiny. And God wants to flow his power through them into their family, into the community, into their home, into even the nations possibly, 
but they don't even have the spigot on. So he talked about that. He talked about that type of a person. And God knows I used to be that for about 30 seconds while I was living at my mother's house and she rebuked me and uh, we started flowing and we've been learning to flow ever since. Then there's others that are partially flowing. They're, 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 half, they're half bagging it. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're serving, but not at the capacity God wants them to. They're, they're, they're releasing God's power. They're praying, but not at the level God wants them to. But, but at least they're flowing. And then other people used to flow, but now they're all cross-threaded, talked about being offended. Talked about how God wanted to release folks, but their, 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 their water shut off because they're offended. And he just dealt with all, he dealt with all of us. And it was such a powerful word. And I was reminded of that this week as I prayed about what to preach to you in this series called Come Holy Spirit. No notes for you tonight. I'm glad I have a few. Lift your hands to heaven. Lord, do you understand the importance of this meeting? Truth is, we, not, we might not be here by tomorrow. Every meeting is important. And as a preacher of a bygone generation, I believe it was Moody, said, preach like a dying man to dying men, like it's the last message you ever preach. So God, I understand that in the divine design tonight, you want to do something. It's a Kairos moment where time and destiny cross. You want to do something here. You want to do something in the villages, in Dillingham, at Mountain Village. You want to do something in those online, and those that will listen in the future. And here in this great sanctuary, you want to do something. So have your way. Anoint these lips of clay, I pray. In Jesus' name. Revelation 22. And I'm going to read from verse 1. I'm going to preach a message entitled, Rains, Rivers, and Cisterns. Understanding how God releases his power in the earth. Keys to the end time revival. How's that for a long, long title? So if you media people were following that, I just gave you the title. I'll give it to you again. Rains, rivers, and cisterns, understanding how God releases his power in the earth. Keys to releasing the end time revival. End time awakening. If you're all there in Revelation, say amen. Stand up on your feet. Reading from... The New International Version tonight, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1. And the angels showed me the river of water of life, as, crystal, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. Out of the Godhead flows this river. It's in heaven. You can do a study on rivers. You can do a study on rain. 
the very river you see here in heaven, I want to say this. Please hear me really clearly. The river you see in here in heaven, you don't have to wait to heaven to experience it. I'm going to run that through one more time. The river you read about in Revelation 22, you don't have to wait to heaven to experience it. You can experience the river of God's power here, right now, in your kitchen, in your car, on the job. Amazing. So when you look to heaven and you see a river that flows, what's more amazing is that it flows in the earth also. The very river you see there flows in you also. Of course, it's not to the fullness of it, but understand that you have a river on the inside of you if you're saved, born again, and filled with the Spirit. If God wants to saturate a region, if God wants to pour out his Spirit in a region, how does that happen? Well, there's a lot of different ways. In 1995, for me, it was just a sovereign move of the Spirit. Almost 30 years ago, Pastor Karen, we experienced a touch of heaven that changed our lives forever. It was just no, no longer able to do normal church. This is a byproduct of that from all those years ago. I think we're maybe at the ankle deep level, but God wants to do something that he's never done before in your life. How many of you know God wants to do something that he's never done before in your life? You Come on, how many of you want to go up just a little bit deeper? Maybe a lot deeper, wider, broader. 1995, when God poured out his spirit, I was a part of a discipleship community and I was taken by surprise. We were all taken by surprise. We thought we were just going to see some guest speaker. Ah, well, there's some guest speaker. We're going to go. I will never forget walking across the parking lot before we went into the building. There was a young man that was next to one of our counselors at the camp there. And he said, man, I'm really concerned about this meeting. I said, how come? He said, because this guy's really different. I'm like, awesome. We need different. He's like, no, wherever he goes, it's like churches split and bad stuff happens. I said, really? Sweet. I mean, I wasn't much of a Christian back then. Came into the church. And uh, what he said was entirely untrue on one hand. You see, when revival comes, when an outpouring comes, when the Spirit of God is poured out, you can get people that are stuck in the mud. You, there are still Pharisees. There are still Sadducees. There are still people who can't see and won't see. There are all kinds of people that have vision problems and that are people that are reduced to re religiosity and tradition and won't move into the freedom that's found in Christ. They just won't move in. Truth is, we just... I just didn't know much about, I, I'm just like, wow, God's power, amen, I need help. Anybody else need help? I still need help. So I was like, well, bring it. Some South African with crooked teeth, he would stand over me and I'd see his teeth and the power God would hit me was amazing. You know, <laughs> Ronnie Howard Brown. And he would laugh. And I remember in that meeting, there was a guy, uh, uh, Lentz, I think was his last name, German fellow, uh, Carl. His name was Carl Lentz. That's a German name. And he was sitting in the right in front of me. I've, I, I've never actually, was to, without telling the whole story, it was a couple days later, we're back, we're, we're going every night that week. 
our camp didn't know if it was God, but we had a move of the Spirit at camp, and they realized there's no way we could have a move of the Spirit if it wasn't God. So we went back every night. It's a whole other story. Carl, I don't think I ever seen him laugh. <laughs> he didn't show much emotion at all. He was very German. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He was a Lutheran, I believe. He was a Lutheran serving at the camp. And so Carl is sitting in front of me, and people are falling out of their pews, and I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, like, God, what's going on? And Carl, he, nothing would move him, except maybe some spencil or something, some food. I keep looking over at Hank. Hank's German. Some strudel, yeah? <laughs> and so what ends up happening is he's in front of me, and here's what I see. Here's what I see in front of me. Hmm. And he like looks at him like, what's going on? I'm thinking to myself, I've never seen him do that like ever. And then he buckles over again. Hmm. And he makes this noise. And I realize he's getting touched by God. So I lean forward. I thought it was hysterical. I said, what's going on, Carl? <laughs> he's like, nothing. I'm fine. I'm like, really? He's like, mm-hmm. And he turns around and again, he goes, ah! and I thought, what's going on, bro? Cause I mean, you know, I was, a, you know, I had issues. Some of you were just like me. I just wanted to harass him. Wanted to rib him a little bit. Hey man, what's up? What's up? Hey. So I'm just ribbing him. I said, you don't look okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Rodney sees it from a distance. So he comes over. <laughs> starts laughing and Carl just falls right out of his chair pitches his head I don't even mean like pick your hands up and fall into the carpet I'm not talking about that I'm talking about straight pile drive with your skull into the carpet and was down and never got up the rest of the service and when I saw that I thought man there is something about this because that guy wouldn't have done that for anybody, including Jesus. <laughs> what do you mean? He was so overwhelmed that it bypassed. Some, he needs, you need a brain, a brain bypass. Some of your personality needs to get saved. <laughs> Lord, save my personality. You know, some people are so bound that their personality's been affected by it so much. What I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I might crack a joke after this, but this is not a joke. There's, <laughs> they're so bound by demon power and oppression that their personality has morphed into like this dull. And they think that, <laughs> they think that's actually them. But when you get free, who the sun sets free is free indeed. When you get free, you'll, you, you find yourself radically changing. You'll radically change. There's a river that flows from the throne of God, even today, right here, right now. Come on, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers. Talking about how God releases his power in the earth. There are sovereign releases of God's power. For me, I didn't pray into that. I didn't have nothing to do with that. I was in a program trying to help me. 
And I happened to show up because they made the, they had the thought, well, there's a guest speaker. We need something to, for the campers to do. Let's bring them on over there. Little did they know that it was a divine appointment. It was a sovereign touch of God. I happened to be in that service. That first one changed me forever. I heard the sound of heaven. I've never been the same. And I can still, I can still hear it. I, I don't have to have anybody lay hands on me. I can get touched by God and have a visitation all by myself. That's the way she said, well, your pastor didn't know it doesn't have anything to do with Pastor Daniel or my white shirt or my maroon shoes. Has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with having, you all looking at my shoes now. It has everything to do with getting hungry and thirsty for God and, and having a revelation of what the truth of God's word says. You don't have to be bound anymore. You don't have to be addicted anymore. You don't have, come on, you can be free. You can be, you can be loosed. You can be filled with joy. Jesus in, devil out. Ha! I got the power, Jesus in, devil out. Ha! I got the power, Jesus in, devil out. I got the power, Jesus, life inside of me. Oh. Healing in, sickness out. I got the power. Healing in, sickness out. I got the power. Healing in, sickness out. I got the power. Jesus, the life inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Joy in, depression out. I got the power, joy in, depression out. I got the power, joy in, depression out. I got the power, Jesus, the life inside of me. Oh, I would somebody, I'm preaching here. Jesus in, devil out. Man, if I was in a black church right now, I'm just telling you right now, we're in some black Baptist church right now. It would just be off the chain and people start running. Ah! People start running, getting free, getting loosed. Y'all don't know what to do. Lift your hands to heaven right now. Go! Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey! Try it. Pastor Kirsten's getting touched by the Holy Ghost out in the lobby. Better be careful, you start running around. Where are we? Woo! Come on, somebody help me praise God tonight. Come on. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, 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 yes. So it was a sovereign thing. I walked into it. Now, sovereign for my view, I didn't pay any price for it. I was not a tither. I just walked in. I didn't go to early morning prayer. I didn't labor. I didn't contend. I didn't wage any warfare. I showed up. My mother, on the other hand, she did pray. She did wage a war. She was a tither, and she was declaring and proclaiming and decreeing a power of God to come on her son who needed Jesus and her own life. 
and has been that way ever since. And there were many others, thousands, that were praying and believing for revival. So God comes, it can be sovereign for somebody else, but somebody else you contended and you pressed and you prayed in. Let me give you three ways that God's gonna come in the one more time in, in the earth. Three ways. The first way is the reigns of God. And by the way, is it 40 days yet for God's sake in Alaska? I mean, have, when has it rained so much? My God, it's raining. My, gra my grass. Lawn, I should probably say, I don't want that to be confused with some people that smoke dope. My lawn, my lawn is like, it's, it's up to my calf and I, I'm ready, I'm trying to get it to dry out so I can mow it. I'm gonna have to just mow it wet. Either that, either that or you'll have to mow it wet, dear, either one of us. No. Rain, everybody say the rains of God. Let's get some scripture here. Psalm 68. Jesus in, devil out. Psalm 68, verse eight. The earth shook, the heavens poured down rain before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. You gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. Now, understand that, yes, he could clearly be talking, the psalmist here, about rain in the natural, where it's bringing water to the earth. If you don't have rain and you're a farmer, that's a bad time. That's called a drought. And it's ne droughts are never a sign of, the, of revivals, never a sign of the blessing of God. Rain is a sign of the blessing of God. Now, it can rain too much, and that would be a flood. But this here says, you gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. There is a refreshing rain that comes from heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it, let it rain. Hosea 6 and 3. Let's press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He'll what? He will appear. He will come to us like winter rains, like spring rains that water the earth. Joel chapter 2. We call these rains revival. But if you're a steward of revival, Joel 2, I'll read it in a moment. If you're a steward of revival, that rains are semi-inconsistent. You, you just don't know when God's going to come or when it's going to let up. Joel 2 and 23, be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains. I guess that's what we're having right now. Because he's faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains, as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. Vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Revivals are wonderful and they're amazing. But they're not always predictable. Now, if you pray and you fast and you contend, you will have an outpouring. You will have one. But I'm talking about in a region. You know, we're just entering into something here at Kings that I don't think we've ever entered into before. So we said, well, revival is finally hit. We've been in revival forever, ever since we got here. We've been in revival. There has been a move of the spirit. There was a lot of cleanup on aisle nine that had to happen. 
And, and that's always a part of church. There's no perfect church. If you find it, don't go, you'll ruin it. There's always a process of conf- confrontation and working things out. And, and, and people are people. You know, people are, they're, they're, they, they do stuff. They think things. They have perceptions. It's interesting that when Moses lifted the rod of God over the Amalekites who were the first terrorists coming on God's people, Joshua was down in the valley. Moses is lifting the rod of God. As long as the rod was lifted, then they would win. When the rod was lowered, then they would lose. And so Aaron and Hur came on either side and Moses needed Joshua's sword. Joshua needed Moses' rod and intercession and leadership and authority. But it's a picture that God can part the sea and it doesn't talk back. But with people, every other time you see the rod stretched out over something, bam, fried chicken. Not really. Blood, gnats. Every time he stretched out the rod, a miracle took place. It's a picture that when you're dealing with people, they have a, they have a, a free will. See, you came because most of you wanted to. I know there's some you were forced, and it's good to be force-fed sometimes. You came, you decided, nope, I'm going to church. I hope he doesn't go as long as last Wednesday, but I'm going. All the, all the children's workers in the back are interceding right now. Oh God, let him, let him land the plane. Let him land the plane. Forget it. <laughs> Los Angeles has had more revivals than about any other city in the whole world. It is also number one in, in, in exporting pornography. I don't want that kind of revival. I guess really what I want is not what I hope and what I'm believing for. It's not that. Most revivals last three to five years and they fade. You go look at Brownsville, a little bit longer, but not much. Go to Brownsville today. Brownsville, the church of Brownsville was left with a massive debt that would have crushed any church. It's a miracle they're alive. Massive debt. You don't see droves of people. They built all kinds of buildings. Some of you went to the Brownsville Revival. How many of you heard of that? I'm not knocking it. It's awesome. But something didn't take place there from my estimation and my opinion. Okay? Something didn't take place to cause that to spread across America. It was very localized. And in actual fact, many people flew in from different places as opposed to changing the city. The city was never changed. The city of Brownsville never got changed. There's still lots of crime then and there's even more now. And so Brownsville, they had this great outpouring on Father's Day, 19, man, 1995 was a good year for a revival. Father's Day outpouring, it was, it, it, go to Toronto. They're still having a move of God. There's still freedom and power there, but not like it was. You say, well, what happened? What, what happened to these great outpourings, these revivals are three-day meetings 
or real an awakening. I don't know. You can put different definitions, but I'm not looking for something that lasts three to five years. I do not want something that goes three to five years. I want God to come in such power that he wrecks you in such a Holy Ghost way that the river flows through you to raise your kids to learn to pray and your kids learn to serve God with all their heart. They turn from wickedness and marry not, never unequally yoked and a whole nother generation rises up and I pray that should the Lord tarry, they do it with their kids and should the Lord tarry that they do it, do it. There's a multi-generational outpouring of the Spirit of God that would go for decade after decade after decade. That's why we built that. We didn't just build that to have a three-year meeting. We built it to make a statement to say the kingdom of God is here. We ain't going anywhere till he splits the eastern sky. I'm spitting all over the place. We need an awakening. Brownsville, powerful. You go back, you're there today. They're hoping one day God does it again. But the effects of it, okay, I mean, there's people here that have been affected. I mean, they would wait. If you went to the Brownsville revival at the height, you had to go early and you had to wait in a line. They had a chaise lounge ministry. What was that? That's where I think they, I, I, I didn't get to go. Knowing what I know now, there's nothing that would keep me from going to experience that. Maybe people will come to experience that here. Wouldn't that be great? But may we never fade. May we steward it. You see, when greed moves in, when things move in, if you look at the revivals of yesteryear, the mailing list would be stolen. This is some of the ways that mail many revivals ended like this, that people wanted the mailing list and they wanted influence to be able to, uh, to be able to reach people and gather people and mailing lists would be stolen and the revival would end. That happened time and time and time again. Now we don't have mailing lists now, we have email lists and no, you can't have ours. And I, I've, I've talked with John Kilpatrick I've, I've, I've talked with different ones were there. By the way, Lendl Cooley, I don't know what's happened, but he needs our prayer. You all know that? We pray for him now. In Jesus' name, you'd heal him and free him. Heal him. Heal Lendl Cooley. In Jesus' name. Amen. He was a worship leader there. The toilet paper bill for one week, month, I think it was a month, $7,000 toilet paper bill. Come on, think. go look at how much you pay for toilet paper. All of you buy it. Everyone here buys it. I'm pretty sure. Pretty, pretty sure. Look how much you pay for toilet paper. Now it's doubled in the past year. But $7,000 is a huge toilet paper bill. That's the volume of people they had coming through. And yet, today, it's not there. What God wants to do this one more time with the vision for America is not just some rain and not three to five years. Revivals are wonderful, amazing, but they have to transform. They have to transform a, a region. And that happens by transforming people. There's also the rivers of God. I want you to go to Ezekiel 47. You know what? I don't have time to do that. It's great. Go read it. Go read Ezekiel 47. I'm going to get right to what actually, what actually is what has to happen. 
because those things are wonderful. Rains are wonderful. Rivers, awesome. You know what has to happen? No, what? I'll show you. Turn to John 4. John chapter 4. If you're all there, say, woohoo. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John 4. Verse 4, and he had to go through Samaria, and he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, which means intoxicated. There was a plot of ground that Jacob had given his son, given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The disciples had gone into town to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Because the Jews don't associate with Samaritans. This woman comes with three different people here. Jesus, you have the disciples and we're always thinking about their belly, always thinking about food. They go off to Taco Bell. They're gone. They're not here. It's Jesus. He's resting from his journey. He's sitting by the well. This woman who comes in the middle of the day indicating and the scripture as well that follows of what kind of life she's had. And Jesus asked her for a drink. If you knew the gift of God, verse 10, who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him that he would give you living water. Everybody say living water. Living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this? Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? I mean, she's talking to the Messiah. And they have a dialogue about worship because that was an issue between Samaritans where you would worship She asks for the water. He rebukes her, corrects her, or exposes rather as a prophet lovingly. Verse 16, go call your husband to come back. So the woman said, I see that you're a prophet. Verse 19, and then she asks him a question that's really been bothering her. This is a where you should worship question. Verse 20, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Jesus declared to believe me, woman, the time is coming and we'll worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. One of the problems with the Western church, I'm just going to tell you, and I, I don't want to have the problem here. One of the problems is that most people think you have to come to a service like this one to get touched by God. And the actual fact is you are a service everywhere you go if you'll understand that there's a well on the inside of you, not somebody that has to constantly feed you. What has to happen in America to see a move of God is that you all have to awaken. We have to awaken to the reality. I need to preach and pray and prophesy and equip you in such a way. When you leave this place, you realize you actually carry a well. That you are the answer to people's problems with Jesus living on the inside of you. You don't have to be bottle fed your whole life. I mean, I'm getting a little bit aggressive. I'm trying to stay sweet. But that's the problem in the Western church. Like, have you been to that church? 
that I'm not against going to a revival. I'm not against having them, but we really need an awakening. What has to happen? A Bishop uh, Bill Hammond said, and he wrote, it's the last day move of God is a saint's movement. You know what that is? A saint's movement is when you realize who you are, when you realize the authority you have, when you realize that your sin has been atoned for, it's been washed, it's been cleansed. You're a new creature in Christ. And you don't have to put up with the shenanigans of the enemy. You don't have to tolerate sickness, infirmity, and disease. That you can rise and not only that, you could be a spigot where the power of God is put on display out of a giant water tower called heaven. You have a well on the inside of you. Don't you live far? We live far. I said we. We live far beneath where God wants us to be. There'll be a great outpouring in America when you all begin to understand who you are. Go, go to verse, I think it's 20 something. 28, maybe. Wow. Come on, somebody say wow. Wow. Jesus deals with truth with her. Verse 28, verse 27. Just saying they've returned from Taco Bell. They were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked him, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town. She went, what did she go there for? Absolutely right. She went there with water. When she left her water jar, she left a mentality. And I'm going to tell you that you, the Western church, now that, of course, there's exceptions. I'm so thankful for good preaching and teaching. I resource myself. But in the end, I have to understand that I am a well. I, in the end, I must understand and have a revelation that I am a, a cistern. I'm that which holds water from heaven. What has to happen is there must come an awakening inside of your heart that it's not some preacher who's going to come and lay hands on you. Oh, and we'll have them. We'll have them. We're going to have them. We're going to have great outpourings. We're going to have guests. We're going to do all that stuff. But you must shift your mentality from constantly needing a revival meeting, constantly needing a good worship moment, and be, be come on, not in, where are you going to worship, Jerusalem or Samaria? You, you are worship. You, you, you are his house. I said you're his house. So that changes things. I remember somebody calling me and saying, Pastor, you need to come over here. You need to come over here right now, Pastor. There's a devil right here right now. I said, well, I'm not here. I'm not nearby. What am I going to do? I said, you're going to cast it out yourself. I've never done that. Well, welcome to being a Christian. Let me help you. You have authority. Say it with me. I have authority. I have authority. All right. So I coached him. I said, now look that thing in the eye and talk to it like it's a bad dog and command it to go in the name of Jesus. Baptize in the spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, come on. Let's pray in tongues. I said, are you ready? No. I said, okay, you can do it. I just kept coaching him, kept coaching him. And then the phone call came after. We've got peace. Everything's awesome. The devil left. Yeah. yeah. Praise God when you can get a pastor, an evangelist, a life group leader. But there are Gethsemane moments when you can't, you can't get a hold of Pastor Tammy. 
Jeremiah 33, 3. Call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. I remember working a job in Maui, saved for 30 seconds. Leave it up, please. Can you put the King James up? Because it was the King James that really got me. Jeremiah 33, 3, King Jimmy version. Yeah, that's it. So I'm on a job. I was a, a, a laborer. And I was locked into this mindset, like, what am I going to do? Everybody hates me. I don't have any money. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you did it today. And there was a pressure washer. I don't think I've ever told the story. There's a pressure washer. And on the, I worked for a Christian contractor, which was a godsend. And uh, there's a pressure washer and it had this scripture on it. Call upon me, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things that that which thou knowest not. And I just said, okay. And I read it again. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And when I read it the second time, I was like, ooh, felt something. Something about the King James. I adjure you. Devils hate King James. Anyway. I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> Call upon me and I will answer you. I read, it, I read it a third time. And I walked away and I felt something in my spirit. And as I walked away, I made up a little song and I still remember it. You know what I'm saying to you. You know that's right. Okay. <laughs> Call upon me and I will answer thee. And I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not which thou knowest not. It just came right out of my spirit. I was like, yes, show me God. Come on, come on, somebody say show me. Call upon me and I will answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Almost too high. God will show you things. So many of you call on Facebook, call on Instagram, snap, Snapchat, you need to clap back. That's what you need to do. You need to clap back and call on the name of God and stand up in your God-given blood boat right. This woman left, left a water pot and she left a mentality. There's rains, there's rivers. I love them. I will enjoy the rain. I'll swim in the river. Oh God. And you notice interesting in Ezekiel 47, the further it goes away from the temple, the deeper and the wider it gets. You know what I believe? I believe that if you will leave this place, it'll get deeper, broader, wider. You'll have greater testimonies out in the community if you'll just get the lead out. He said, I'm not lead. Get the lead out. And we'll you just see just, I mean, miracles out there if you'll just let God use you. Rain rivers, cisterns. You can do, a cistern is something that holds water. It's not really a well. And I like that picture because that which is in us is really from heaven, but it could also be viewed as, as a well. You have on the inside of you miracle power. That's what will change our nation when you realize it. So how do I get there, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked. 
how you get there, first of all, is by understanding who you are. That's what happened to this woman. She understands she's no longer her past. She understands that this is a Messiah. She deals with stuff. She gets confronted and she goes and witnesses to the men that she was sleeping with, which is probably not such a good idea today. But, but she left a mentality. Turn to Jeremiah 2 and verse 13, worship team. Uh, just keys. Black keys, please. Jesus in, devil out. You find it? I got the power, Jesus in, devil out. I got the power, Jesus in, devil out. I got the power, Jesus, the life inside of me is. Healing in, sickness out. I got the power, Healing in, sickness out. I got the power, healing in, sickness out. I got the power, Jesus, the life inside of me. You can be used of God to release miracle power. And the only reason that you might be hindered is because you have not convinced yourself being fully persuaded like Abraham who you are. And the enemy comes to lie and say that you need to finish another year of KSM before God starts to use you. Then the devil devil says, well, you just need to take KSM over or maybe you need to go to another school to get a degree because you just don't feel the power just... Need to go somewhere else. I need to change church at somebody. Can I just warn you? I don't respond so well to this. The next test it comes, I'm going to do better because I've got Jesus, the life inside of me. Amen. I had somebody tell me, uh, I can't go to church here anymore. It was years ago. I can't come to church anymore. I said, I'm so sorry. Did something happen? No, no, nothing happened. I said, okay, um, well, let me, let me bless you. Let me pray for you. Listen, you all go to church wherever you want to go. You all belong to Jesus. Now, if you're going to leave, I do appreciate if you'd let me and my pastoral staff know that way I'm no longer responsible for you before heaven. Because that's we take that very seriously. We have a whole department that just goes out on a dark and cloudy day and tries to find those that used to come and, and we'll visit and reach out to them. They tell us to go away. And then we go away and we pray and we'll check in in six months. It's funny how you check in with six months. Oh, I'm so glad you called me. My son, I'm coming back. All right, come on back. It's all right, come on back. Come on, the devil's a liar. But you all belong to Jesus. You ever go somewhere and they tell you you can't leave, you should leave right away. What if I hurt their feelings? Hurt their feelings, leave. Anyway. So we understand that. So there's people here for a season and then they graduate, they die, they go to heaven. There's people here, they move away and they go somewhere else. There's people that have come here. We've, we've sent a hundred people off to a local church. All hundred people went to another church. I pray, began to pray for that church after they left and went there. Bless them. Did I say that? It's a bad joke, but it's a way of insulating me. My, it's a joke insulating the pain that I experienced. It's to God's honest truth. That's the truth. I didn't pray. It hurt really bad, Uh, but we got over it. It hurt. Some things hurt for about 30 seconds. This was a little bit longer than that. And then, you know, we moved on and here we are. You just got to get over it. Go to Lowe's, get a ladder, get over it. 
I don't have time to be offended. I, I'm reminding myself of that right now. Anyway, his brother says to me out in the lobby, says, hey, uh, yeah, no, I can't go here. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Anything? No, nothing happened. Uh, did I do anything wrong? No, 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 everything's great. I said, okay, well, I, what, where, where are you going? He says, well, I don't know yet. I'm looking at a couple other churches. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, there's some good ones I can, you know, I can direct you. He says, no, no, I know, I know, yeah. I said, okay, so what is it? He says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting fed anymore. And I, 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 this was me being gracious, what I said. I said, oh, you're not being fed anymore? I said, listen to me, bro, that's on you. That ain't on me, that's you, that's you. You see, here's what happens, and I've been there. What happens is when you sit under preaching and teaching anointed guests and the power of God like this, it's very dangerous because if you don't get going, then you'll begin to become an unbelieving believer and, and you'll begin to lose your faith. You'll wonder where you'll go to the, you'll, you'll be like those convention junkies, revival junkies. Listen, I, next great outpouring, I'll go and visit it. Maybe it'll be here and we won't have to go anywhere. I don't know. I'm not opposed to going to meetings. I'm not opposed to great anointed speakers and preachers. I believe in that. I think it's awesome. But it's also that you could get refreshed and revitalized and go to another level in your cistern, in your well. If you're constantly looking for things to set you free, then you need to, you need to connect with Jesus. Am I getting through? What's going to change America is, is getting set on fire. Did I fix that good enough, Pastor Karen? Okay. Thanks. She said, kind of, yeah. I'm really not bitter. I just said it for shock value and humor, and sometimes that's not so good. You will always be lacking if you're looking for something outside to satisfy you. Jesus is the one that satisfies you. Look what Jesus said. In fact, he says it in the, he says it in the text. He says, do you want, they say, do you want your, your, um, what did we used to get? Your crunch wrap? Do you want your extra meat crunch wrap? I want to, let's go get one. Do you want your do you want your extra meat crunch wrap? Uh, do you want your whatever it is the Guadalupe or whatever it is with extra sauce? And Jesus is like, no, no. He says no, no Guadalupe for me. Chalupa, chalupa with extra meat. I don't know what. The, Jesus help me. It's, it's, a, it's a play on words. They come back from Taco Bell. There is no Taco Bell. They came back with hummus and, and, and I don't know, olives, okay? What does Jesus say? I have food to eat that you know not of. And then what does he say? My food is to do the will of him who sent me. What satisfies you in the end is not a great book. It's not even a great service. What satisfies you in the end is not another year of King's School of Ministry, as great and awesome as it is, and may you apply and go. It's not, it's not that, though. It's not another meeting. It's not another worship service. What satisfies you in the end is doing the stuff, doing it. Casting out devils, healing the sick, setting the captives free. It does something in you that nothing else can. That's what it will change America. One family at a time. Come on, stand up on your feet. Come on, one family at a time, one person at a time. Who are you connected with? 
Who, who do you know that doesn't know the Lord? Would you begin to pray? Would you, would you contend? C- come here, Jim. Jim, we, we sent some people out. I hope they're interceding that we end on time. Jim, you, you, sent, you sent KSM out and th- they went door to door with the uh, um, Every Home for Christ. Tell, tell us what happened. You go ahead and testify. All right, well, we had uh, several go out. We had 20 of us go out, basically. 101 homes, I believe, in about 45 minutes. And uh, one of the team and uh, the bashers, if you're here, wave your hands. But anyway, the bashers went out. There you guys are. They went out and they prayed and they go to a door and it's got the sign that says no soliciting. So they weren't going to go knock on it because they're like, "Uh, I'm not really sure. When they go up to the door, though, the door opens and the guy looks at him and goes like, what? Freaked him out. What they didn't know when they learned was that he was inside and he was praying. He was praying for his children. Because he's co-parenting. Come here. And God was touching his heart. Come here, come here, come on. Let's go ahead, tell. He was praying for his broken family before we even got there. He was at his, his, his kitchen table praying that God would restore his family, his children, wow. his wife. And he was crying when we got there. Wow. And so can we pray for it? Yes! <laughs> Hold his hands out. We pray for him. I kept hearing breakthrough and strength. That just came into my prayer. That's exactly what he was praying for. We spent about 10 minutes with him, praying with him. It was awesome. Totally set up by the Holy Spirit. Now, you, now you, we had 100 and how many? Put your hands together for these guys. Here, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You do not know the power of what that visit. They showed up with their own cistern and put, Joe, did you turn to Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Here, sit down real quick. Jeremiah 2, 13. It should be memorized. Underline it. Do something. We don't know the effects of that very simple prayer and that prophetic inside of breakthrough that'll take place. He's weeping. What are the odds of that? You say, well, they're probably pretty good because there's lots of people weeping and praying. I, I think I'll agree with that. The whole community needs Christ. We have an epidemic of... Who's going to do it? Who's going to go? We are a church that will reach out. We are going to reach out. And I'm trying to to get you going. Jeremiah 2.13. All right. Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that don't hold water. Religion is a broken cistern. A form form of religion lacking the power thereof. There is power, but it's connected to heaven. Understand the reason we're here is to equip you, to train you. Yes, to lead people to Christ, to minister, to help, to pray. He said, I'm not at that place, Pastor. I'm just glad to be here tonight. I'm glad you're here tonight, too. And and please don't be under condemnation. The devil will do that to you. What I'm trying to do is stir you to say, 
God has an amazing plan, just like this woman in, in John 4. She left her water pot. You need to leave your past behind. Leave it all behind. Bartimaeus left his begging garment on the, on the road and followed Jesus and got his eyesight. America, you thank God for the rain. May we have more of it. Thank God for the river. May we have more of it. But for all for the purpose that God's people would stand be transformed as a new creature in Christ and be a well, be a cistern to change your life, change your community. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, I'm done. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and just let the Holy Spirit come and touch you right now. Holy Spirit, awaken these. Awaken your church. Awaken your bride from the slumber. Quicken us. May we leave a mentality tonight. Lord, we thank you. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.